Welcome to episode five of The Mushroom's Apprentice. I'm your host, Shona Holm, and today I'll be speaking with Rebecca Rizel Presnell, and she is going to discuss the use of herbs as allies, not only to support the body and its systems, but also as allies for working with visionary mushrooms. Rebecca Rizel Presnell is a wise woman herbalist, practitioner, and teacher. She was first introduced to healing herbal medicines at the age of nine after experiencing an anaphylactic reaction to amoxicillin. After conventional medical treatments made matters worse, a Jehovah's Witness friend offered her very bitter tinctures that soothed the 15 additional pounds of inflammation in hives almost immediately. Rebecca never forgot that experience and later mentored under master herbalist and wise woman Susan Weed. Today, Rebecca produces her own herbal remedies where she cultivates and wildcrafts her herbal and fungi medicine assist at the peak of their medicinal potency. And that results in one-of-a-kind tinctures and salves that are sold on her Etsy shop, Nourish Wholeness. Rebecca works with clients and students to assist and pass on her extensive herbal knowledge. I have a link to her shop at the bottom of each page on my website, The Mushroom's Apprentice, if you haven't seen it. Or you can also just simply go to Etsy and type in Nourish Wholeness. Now, there are a number of superb herbalists out there, and Rebecca is up there with the best of them. Her knowledge is incredible, and her herbal creations are highly effective and essential for anyone who treasures good health, both for their skin as well as the, the health of their, their body. I have known Rebecca personally now for five or six years, I think. She came to me for a retreat. She attended my little school that I hosted in 2020. And I tell you, she showered us with her very sweet presence and her tremendous depth of herbal knowledge. She taught us so much. And I, I'm just thrilled to have her share her wisdom with you today. So welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Shona. So honored to be here on your podcast, The Mushroom's Apprentice. And I, of course, love that name, The Apprentice. I'm a lifelong apprentice, it seems. So, <laughs> yeah, you very, you very much are. So I wonder because I, I said earlier, I'm just, I'm always curious about the arc of someone's life. Like, how did you get to where you are? today. So you have a very successful shop on Etsy. I have tried a number of your offerings and they're just absolutely superb. And you're just, your work is beautiful. So if you could just start out with, just tell us kind of a little bit of your, your journey to where you are today. Yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a bit and it's getting into the the kind of depths of where I <laughs> where I came from and how my path has transpired to where it is is it's been quite the the road for me. I've had I grew up in a very tumultuous home with a lot of drug abuse and sexual abuse and and physical abuse and all kinds of things happening and I can now see through the work with the mushroom and other earth medicines that I've been using that how these patternings lay onto our DNA, our psyche. And it's, I just see so much of 
the ancestral path of all of this being shown to me in this lifetime. And it's been not an easy road, but I've listened to how other medicine people become embodied and become medicine people. And I never had shamans or medicine people in my life as a child that were prominent that I was learning from. But the people that I was exposed to as a child and through all of this abuse and different things that were happening, neglect and all of it, that those are the medicine people for me (laughs) and that I was able to grow up and mature through these life cycles and see so much of my path as a medicine path. And it's really a blessing all of it even though as it was happening when I was a child I wasn't able to see it it's taken a lot of work to come into realizing that it's all such a gift so I'll just say that I grew up in Idaho and moved around quite a bit we lived in California actually for a couple years I was exposed to nature quite a bit as a child. My dad was a hunter, my stepdad also, and I got to be exposed in the woods, in streams and creeks. And so I always had nature as part of my ally, being able to be free in Idaho and being on the back roads growing up and um, being close to nature was a huge blessing for, for me. And I left Idaho from my dad's trailer at 17 and lived with a boyfriend in Seattle and got into some tumultuous activity there, made my way out to Baltimore. And out there, I had remembered about a friend telling me um, about building trails and I needed to get out of the city and back to nature. And so I started building trails back in the Northwest in that's based here in Eugene, where I'm at now. I keep, I had gone and traveled around and went on organic farms and all that, but I kept finding myself back in Eugene. And so this is where I am now still. But when I built trails, I got to be in the the deep wood in the Olympic Peninsula, in the North Cascades, Mount Rainier, building part of the PCT trail. And I love being out there. And it was really hard, hard work. And it taught me such a strong work ethic. The food wasn't good, and I remember talking to the woods boss about, man, I wish we could take better care of ourselves out here. And he was, well, if you want to eat good and work outside, you should try working on organic farms. And there, at that time, was a website called Organic Volunteers in the U.S. I started researching when I got back from being in the being in the woods and went and worked on at the ski resort up on Mount Hood for a season. And then in the springtime, found my way to a farm in Northern California. And there I met a partner that I ended up being in relationship with for five years after that. And we worked on our organic farms together. We leased some land outside of Portland and it was on that farm that We were canning tomato sauce in the kitchen in the fall, and the community radio there was having a pledge drive, and their featured presenter on this particular radio show was Susan Weed. 
And she started talking about the wise woman tradition and nourishing herbal infusions. And I was, it was so just her voice and everything. I was, I, it, it, she was it. I, I knew I had to meet her and I knew that I had to go to her farm and do her apprenticeship that she had mentioned on this radio show. And so I looked up her, her website at that time and I applied for her shamanic herbal apprenticeship. And that spring I was out at her place and I remember getting there and we were to show up in the morning and I remember going to her door and I was early and her partner Mickey came to the door and it was very clear boundary. It's not time for you to be here yet. And that was the beginning of it, of learning through very difficult learning lessons, especially coming from what I came from, where nobody ever spoke truth to me or had boundaries in my in my growing up, that I was being faced with these people that are very clear communicators and show you parts of your every interaction is a lesson. Very good teachers and amazing teachers and I herded goats there and milked them and made cheese and yogurt and learned through the plant, through the goats about plants. And I was Susan's only apprentice that year. And it was quite the journey of just being with her one-on-one quite a bit. And I have so much respect for her. I know that she gets a lot of flack, but she helped me so much and I am not super close with her these days, but I do have a great respect for how much and how influential she has been in my life and how the foundation that was set through these plants, particularly the nourishing herbal infusions, how much they shaped and have changed my life and the attributes of them have really I've taken on and embodied in such a way that I can communicate with the intelligence of these plants and of the life of the mushrooms and all of these earth medicines and such more of, I can't even imagine doing the mushroom or these other earth medicines that I've been bringing into my life without the foundation of these really amazing plants that spread throughout the world and have a way of interacting with life that brings such intelligence and awareness to our my 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 journey as through all the stages of my life now and such a blessing so there was my apprenticeship with her and then I wove through my life more and more and I'll say that having children And I had always been using nourishing tradition style and these plants just for myself, really, and really just for years afterwards, just building my health and my family's health through deep nutrition and herbal medicine, making some remedies on and off. Then my oldest son was two years old. He's now 12. I got the opportunity to be on the radio with Susan. And I supported her for seven years on her Ask Herbal Expert Susan Weed on Blog Talk Radio. And so I was got the opportunity to call in guests and listen to her answering health questions. 
and read questions to her. And I also did some teleseminars and editing. And so I got really familiar and I did some consultation work for her as well. I got really familiar with fielding health questions and really observing throughout the years, the plants and where we are in the cycles of life and got so familiar just with all of the plants and there's so many plants to work with, but the plants that she highlights and that I've been working with the most are the ones that grow closest to me. And, and so you get to really observe the life cycles and how they, how to incorporate them in your, into your life. And we'll get it more into that, just at various parts of the plant's life, making remedies. So throughout the seasons, you're taking in, you're taking in, for example, the hawthorn tree, you're using the flower in the spring, and then coming into the fall, you're harvesting the haws, and you're having this whole, you can make remedies from both, mix them together. With a lot of the plants, you can make topical remedies. And so you're really getting to know each plant individually and forming relationship with it and going really deep with it. And so I got the opportunity just to be in that kind of place with her as we were going through these radio shows. Then I decided, I think it was 2017, that I wanted to go to India to learn about sound because I had been opened up to a lot of sound medicine and it's called Nada Yoga, the program that I decided to do in India. And it's the yoga of sound. And I raised funds by making herbal remedies and getting donations for them to go to India. And through that, I was able to start my own business when I came back because it people really the remedies that I was making as make I make fresh plants extractions and just I said I make them from you know multiple harvests throughout the years and oftentimes mix them together so you're getting a really dynamic remedy when just my kind of unique take on how to work with plants is doing these extractions in many different ways using them internally and externally so you can form that really beautiful dynamic relationship with them. So people were really happy that I was making these and I found the Etsy platform really easy to use. So I've been using that. What brought me to the sound was I had decided to go to Peru a couple years before that to be with Estella Pangosa, Shipibo medicine woman. And she was recommended to me by some people that were using, that had been going down there doing ayahuasca quite a bit with several different medicine people throughout the years. And I was looking for a woman to work with. And I only did three ceremonies when I was down there, but it was super powerful. And one of the things that the first ceremony that I did I mean, it showed me two things right away. And the first thing was how I was brought into this life. And it showed me a car accident that my father got into with his best friend where he died. His best friend died in the car accident. And my mother was eight months pregnant with me. And it just showed how the 
tumultuous start <laughs> was right there from the get-go. But then it showed me something really beautiful about all of these plants that I have been working with and how I have been working shamanically with plants for the whole time I had been using the nourishing herbal infusions, particularly because it's a very similar way that the shamans in Peru use the plants is where they go into deep dieta with one plant at a time. And the way that these nourishing herbal infusions, you use one plant at a time and you form a deep relationship within your own body with each plant. And that that's what came through in this first ceremony and I was oh wow yeah I've been <laughs> I've been doing I mean even though I knew it was a shamanic apprenticeship with Susan I'm using these plants and and I've been working with them it was to have the ayahuasca kind of be very direct and communicative to me about this I was yeah and then seeing all the plants that were growing around the maloca there and how they came into these multi-dimensional forms of geometric shapes and I could see how when the Icaros were sung that it was repatterning your constitution through these plants and I was oh my god wow like I find ayahuasca to be a very intense strong strong medicine and not something that I continue to do after I found the mushroom because the mushroom is works just so much differently but also can bring you into these same states of awareness when you use it ceremonially it was very it was a very eye-opening experience for me and I was so lit up from that experience when I got back I just had a whole new relationship with plants it was I mean it was something that had been a foundation but had brought me into a different just a different awareness and different way of communicating with the plants and all of a sudden I was just able to communicate with plants in a whole different way and it was such a beautiful process so the the sound and just getting into an open state of awareness with the with the plants I mean I still open up my psyche through these portals of sound and so yeah it was just kind of this pathway of finding my way to India going there and understanding more about sound and my own getting into the yogic, more of a kind of yogic practice, which is just now um, things have changed quite a bit, but it's something that I do draw off of getting into those soundscapes and body awareness and taking care of my body and in that kind of way and dynamic kind of yoga way. That is quite the path, and I'm struck by the the presence of Susan Weed, you know, just how a teacher enters our life when we least expect it, and something in us just knows, that's my teacher, and then the depth of training, and the seven years of working with her podcast, what everything that you spoke to was you can't pay for that. You know, like that is, that's really incredible training. And, and then India, and then the experience with ayahuasca, this deepening you into really this, this path of, of the herbs of the plants. It's just beautiful. I'm wondering if you would feel comfortable just sharing a little bit about your relationship with the the mushroom 
Yeah, so I was just about to get into that because it was through Susan's podcast that I found you. And I was able to do a lot of research for her finding guests. And when I came, there was one year that I dedicated pretty much to finding medicine people and shamans and wanting them to be represented on the podcast. And just so happened to be this year. I mean, I've had a long history with mushrooms because I started using them when I was very young, I'll say like 13. And I was having shamanic experiences at a young age, but not really understanding. And so I, yeah, so going fast forwarding to doing the ayahuasca and then I found this other person who Susan and I were going to go and facilitate in Jamaica for, but then this huge abuse scandal came out and we got canceled. And, but I kept thinking of you because I was, this is, you're the person that I really need to be doing it with because you're so into the ancestral foods and your name just kept popping up again and again in my in my mind, but also I was just kept coming across you and I was okay, I'm gonna contact her. And it was amazing right when I contacted you, you were so responsive and it was like, okay, it's on. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna do this. And you were close to me at that point because you were up in Washington and I was here in, and I'm here in Oregon. And I remember getting your book and Love and Spirit Medicine and just flying through it and the, the way that you apprenticed yourself to the mushroom just really resonated with me just being a, an apprentice myself and just that you called it that I was just yes everything and then coming to your place I think it took a few months and you did a payment plan with me which I was very grateful for <laughs> and it all worked out and it's interesting when I got there how I love I just love the way that you were it's it's so simple but so deep all of the medicine and how gentle you are compared to my previous experiences with Susan and also with Estella their medicine is very strong and it's almost I remember being in the ayahuasca ceremony as she's whipping me into shape and I'm being turned inside out and it's just oh, so intense but then landing at your place and I was in this nest of care and the way that you prepared food and all the intention you put into it you're the kind of medicine woman I want to be <laughs> oh my god so beautiful and thank you I was yeah <laughs> And I was experiencing so much intensity with my mother at that point and a whole lifetime of just not being able to find my way out of this kind of abusive cycle that we were in. And I decided to cut off my relationship with her, just stop it, stop all of it. And it was so transformative. And I mean, now we've been, I've been texting with her and this is the first year and I think whatever, several years, five years or something that she has sent me a happy birthday on the text or whatever. And, but it took us so much of this separation to be able to even have these little increments of communication now, but it has been so healing to come into myself after that, because when you're in relationship with somebody that those cycles keep perpetuating it's the only way for healing to really happen is to separate and I've been doing a lot of shamanic 
journeying on removing attachments and so helpful to just be able to stand on your own in your power and not go into these projections and victimization and perpetrator and all of it, whatever it is to be able to create your own sense of sovereignty and the mushroom has been really dynamic in that and what I learned from you and you just hold the space and you're, you create a nest and it's really just about having a nourishing container for people to go deep into their stuff and to be able to support them physically really is what it comes down to and to keep your own your own stuff out of it so when I came there for, with you I had so many beautiful empowering moments and it was just kind of brushing the surface now seeing where I've gone with the mushroom because after that I decided to use your method of apprenticing with the mushroom and you did once a month but I found myself going in some more than that and I had some people around me that were wanting to experiment so I would was going in with people that were calling me to it and the mushroom, oh, it took me into so many, so many places in my life has changed so much. I don't even feel the same person, social media, Facebook, whatever. I get these pop-ups of memories on there and I'm like, that was me. The whole, my whole way of being and seeing the world and where I am in my life now has changed so much that I'm really, really thankful. And the, I find that it doesn't get any easier with these things. You just keep going deeper and deeper with them. So now I'm at a point where I'm done. I feel a lot of work and I'm integrating it all into my life. That's um, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And I, I also love your humility. And I think that's really how you, how you change on a very deep level when you're working with the mushroom is to go in with that that sense of humility you're working with a very ancient intelligence and for myself I always say just like at the end of the day I just want to be closer to God and I just want to be a better I just want to better myself on so many levels and and I can so see that from you know of course I know you but also just this whole journey that you've been on your life it's exactly as you say you know you look back and you're like was that me my god it's just extraordinary that you know that saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks of who made that up yes of course there are people who are very very shall we say identified with their beliefs and stuck in their ways but ways but my god you and i both just in our own lives and what we've observed of others like it's amazing how people can change dramatically extraordinarily yeah all within six hours or whatever the case may be <laughs> but i mean that being said though i don't it's, it, it's no quick fix either these things are it's you the apprenticeship i mean we go in with full commitment to this path and you have to be ready to go in and you know so i think some people they get in a little bit and they're like who knows what other modalities come into their their life afterwards it is a process and it takes so much allyship with so many different things to really grow on the path and to keep going you know <laughs>
Well, okay, so you just used that word allyship and you are in allyship with a great many herbs, plants and, and fungi. I wonder if you could give us an idea of, in terms of, okay, so I find when I do Mushroom Journey, it does a number on the nervous system. Like it can be intense physically. And so I've spoken in the past about different tinctures that you can take either afterwards, some before, that you are the you are the master herbalist. I would love to hear from you what you would recommend as herbal support for the mushroom journey and beyond. So I will say, I'm gonna just include, cause you say the plants and the, the fungi, but I will say all earth medicines because I am wanting to include animals in this just as much as the plants and fungi because I I mean I did start working last September I did four ceremonies since then with the bufo alvarius which is the toad but also the tallows that I use are I find indispensable in extracting herbs and I also love using bone broth as a medium for extracting mushroom and other plants and using coarse raw milk and yogurt and all of these things that come from animals, butter that help with the mushroom journey so much of this deep nourishment through using all parts of the animals, their organs, everything. So I find that it's a very integrated experience when you start really taking care of yourself on a deep level that these, these things all work so well together. So I just, yeah, that caveat of being, it's all life that we're all, we're in such a dynamic food web system. And I'm happy that a lot of people are coming to this awareness now and getting away from just the plant-based kind of mentality because the plants need the animals just as much as any of, any of us. So the foundation of all of it, of all of my herbal wisdom comes from drinking nourishing herbal infusions. It's where it all started for me. And these are, there's five primary infusions and they are nourishing herbs. And one of them, so I'll go through the five of them that are the foundation of, of it all is the stinging nettle leaf comfrey leaf, the symphytum apolandicum, the oat straw, red clover blossoms, and the linden blossoms. And so you're using one herb at a time, and ideally you'll be making a quart of infusion a day. And right now I actually make a half gallon of infusion for myself a day because I am running a business, I have two young children, and I <laughs> I just need the extra support. So I need to stay strong and, and functioning well. And I find that it's they're very, very strengthening in so many ways. So I'll go through how to make the infusion, Shona, is that? Yeah, wonderful. Okay. And also, also tell us what each infusion will do for you. I'm a huge fan of nettle. And so I guess you'll, st you'll start with that. Yeah. 
Let's start with nettle. And nettle is an alternative, so it normalizes health. And I think of these as American adaptogens. So they're going to help you with adapting to stress in your life, provide an immense amount of stability throughout all of your organs and systems. They are all high in different minerals and vitamins. And the beautiful thing is that it's is immediately available because you don't have to digest any of the nutrients. It goes right into your bloodstream. So babies can drink these and elderly people can drink these in every stage of life in between. They're just amazing, I think. (laughs) And I mean, if you're not used to drinking these kinds of things, it does might take a little while for you to adapt to the earthiness of the flavors, but there's different additions that you can add to them for taste preference and you can add them to food and there's just a lot of different ways to work with them to get them into your life into your diet because these are food preparations so they act food in your system so I'll interject real quick, Rebecca. When I make my nettle infusion, I throw just a tea bag of mint tea in there and that mm-hmm. takes care of the taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also you can add the mint to the comfrey and the the comfrey is, I think, probably the least palatable, palatable for people because it's got that thick mucilaginous taste to it and also astringency to it that makes it really an interesting kind of when you're not used to it. My friends swamp water or whatever, but but I love it because it's so strengthening and so amazing. And so once your body identifies with it, you start craving them. I mean, just with anything, but with the comfrey in particular, you can add some juice to it, say cherry juice or pomegranate or something that, which makes it, I will even put hibiscus in with it for my kids. It goes really good with hibiscus and elderflower. I can add some honey to it and they'll drink it. I just put a jug of it on the table and they just, they fill up their glasses and it's great. So, so nettle, yeah. Nettle has this really beautiful root system that pulls up nutrients for other plants. And so I see it as this, and it pulls and just has the energy of the earth. And they say it has so much energy, it stings. And so it goes into your adrenals and into your kidneys and repairs any type of adrenal fatigue and all these, what we have in our modern culture is so much stimulation. So this is a way of really bringing us back into a more stable earth energy. And so you take one ounce of the dried herb and these are all done by weight. So you need a scale, a kitchen scale to weigh them out and... I put it into a quart jar, a quart canning jar, and put the nettle leaf in just on top of the scale. And then you'll fill up the jar with the boiling water, make sure the herb is submersed into the water, and you'll cap it, and you'll let it sit four to eight hours or overnight. And I oftentimes will make these infusions at night and then strain them in the morning. And then you can drink some of it and refrigerate the rest the these all have are high in plant proteins so they will spoil quickly so you want to make them on a daily basis they'll they last a day or two with the exception of the linden which has less of the plant proteins in it and that'll last a few days but so all of the infusions are made the same 
with that ounce per quart jar and then doubling it for a half gallon. With the comfrey, comfrey gets a lot of, they'll say not to drink it internally, but the comfrey that's sold in the United States is the symphytum apolandicum, although oftentimes it is mislabeled by herb companies as the officinale. I've never had a problem with comfrey. Everybody that I know that drinks it is has been safe from the liver toxicity that they claim that it has. This particular variety, the apolandicum, which is the, it grows about two feet, two to two and a half feet tall, and it has the purple blossoms on it is a hybrid variety of comfrey. And it was made hybrid by the dude Henry Doubleday to take the paralyzidine alkaloids out of it that they say are problematic for the liver. And so I have a really good relationship with comfrey. Comfrey is amazing. It is only, this variety is only, you're only able to cultivate it by the root. And because it's been hybridized, there's no seed is very cell regenerating and prolific. And so anywhere that the root is cut, it will form a new plant and you can never eradicate it. And so I say it's the the witch of herbal medicine because it's never to be eradicated. It's medicine is very potent and it grows, it grows and grows and grows. And so wherever you plant it, if you were to plant it in your garden, you want to make sure that that's where you want it forever. And if you do dig it up, if you did want to use some of the root of it, just be know that it's just going to be growing more plants in that spot. So it's amazing for every system of the body because it has that mucilaginous component to it. It does coat all of the mucous membranes and it's also known as knit bone. So if you have an injury, it's a bones, ligaments, and tissues, all of it totally is so healing and proliferate all of that cell, that cell regrowth. So, so with the comfrey, you can make that initial infusion with the ounce of dried herb to, in the quart jar with the boiling water. And after you strain the comfrey, you can reuse the leaf. So you can leave the leaf in the jar and then put half amount. So if you're in a quart jar, that's four cups, you would put two cups of cold water over it and let it sit until you're ready to reboil it. So you reboil that liquid and the comfrey in that jar. And so then you're going to get more mucilaginous components out of that, out of the leaf after it's after it's sat in that cold water. As you start using these herbs, you can incorporate as you wish. And so, yeah, you'll seal the jar back up after you reboil it and then go through the whole process again of waiting four to eight hours or overnight and then straining it. And then you can drink that liquid. And that will be the same for the linden as well. So the linden, you can make that initial brew and then you can rebrew it just as I said with the comfrey. And the linden. Question, Rebecca. Before you, before you get into the linden, which I think just smells absolutely heavenly, but but back to the comfrey. So mm-hmm. making the infusion with the comfrey leaves. So mm-hmm. it, do you incorporate the root as well, or no? No, 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 no. So all of these can be purchased through herbal purveyors, Mountain Rose, Star West, Pacific Botanicals 
frontier. And so they'll come cut and sifted. So I would just get the cut and sifted dried leaf. And I mean, if you're harvesting your own, you're going to harvest the whole flowering stock of the country. And that's a whole process all in itself to dry and harvest your own. But the root, no, I use that for a mainly topical ointments because if there are any paralyzed and alkaloids in the plants, even they say that it's in the hard part of in, in those roots. And so those can serve for using just topically and which is an incredible burn remedy. And also I sprained my ankle last month and I was, I've just been using tons of the root ointment on my ankle and it's been highly anti-inflammatory and I'm already hiking again and doing yoga and stuff. So yay to comfrey. It's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So let's see, Linden. Linden is highly anti-inflammatory. In Europe and France, they use it as, it's really well known there, especially as an anti-cold and flu remedy. It's high in Corsican. It's very mucilaginous too, and heart tonic, and keeps cholesterol stabilized and healthy cholesterol. But yeah, so... The linden is just a very beautiful anti-inflammatory that keeps us healthy through through all of it, through cold and flu season. And yeah. Well, I have a quick question about the linden. So it's mucilaginous. So would that also make it very beneficial for the digestive tract? Oh yeah, for sure. It, it totally coats all the mucous membranes throughout the respiratory. And that's what makes it so such an amazing anti-cold and flu remedy is that that it it does coat your whole digestive system with those antioxidants and free free radical scavengers very it's one of like the herbs that's less mineral and vitamin rich but more anti-inflammatory so but all the rest of them are all of these infusions are really high in minerals and vitamins but the the linden's more of our free radical scavenger anti-inflammatory infusion. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, mm -hmm. we all need that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do. And we'll move on to oat straw. Oat straw is wonderful, high in calcium and magnesium, keeping us flexible, keeping our endocrine system very healthy, keeping us juicy and secreting all of our hormonal fluids. And just, they say, sow your wild oats. I think of oat straw as just keeping us very flexible and juicy and, and strong and stable and the way that it deposits nutrients back into the earth. I just feel it really keeps us so stable and strong and just giving us so much of the nutrients we need. And of course, including oats in our diet and using other parts of the oat plant as well. The Vena sativa is always a good idea. So, and then there's red clover and red clover is high in phytosterols and I see her as going into the earth and breaking up clay soil and has a very fibrous root system and she is very nurturing and nourishing to our reproductive system and bringing up strong if you're breastfeeding 
pregnant, helps with uh, lactation and I mean, but throughout all cycles of our lives, I feel she's so supportive. And if you're having fertility issues, a really beautiful plant to use because it can break up any fibrous tissues and help with just really making you so fertile, whether you want to have a child or not. And also into menopause too, it can be very helpful with all those phytosterols of keeping, keeping healthy with our hormonal system throughout every stage of life, really. So I love red clover. That's wonderful. Now this is, this is foundational. And it's interesting because when I started working with the mushroom and then it became every month and, and I remember saying, I've been training for this my whole life, I think, because I was always very athletic and I was always into like the best food I could possibly fine to put in my body. Like I loved really nutrient dense foods. Of course, when I found my way to the Weston A. Price Foundation, the traditional foods, thank you, Sally Fallon. My goodness, it just, it just really spoke to me. So it seems to me these five herbal infusions, like this would be something you would take on the rest of your life. Why, why not? Right. For, for support on many levels and for a strengthening of the, the body and the nervous system, because again, the mushroom is, it's intense it, it, as many of these, these psychedelic medicines fr from nature are right. So, so how, so for instance, we're coming into nettle season now. Well, we're going to in another month or so, right? We're, we're almost at the end of January here. And I would be drinking nettle infusion daily. I, I like to do that like March, April. But what, what would you recommend in terms of how to take these infusions? How often? So the five, I just rotate through them on a daily basis and depending on how you want to work with each plant and what you feel called to I mean there's so many different ways to work with them especially you know bringing them into the ceremonial context or whatever if you wanting to just use nettle and then coming into this season where they're going to be growing all around they're you can be making infusion and then you can be making soup with them and then drying them and just start like incorporating them in such a way that you're infusing your your whole body mind and spirit and home with them let's talk about so these obviously these five herbs you mentioned will support the body beautifully now to the the mushroom journey so often at the end of a mushroom journey, it sometimes feels like you've had like five cups of coffee, you know, like you're just really jazzed. So what would you, well, actually let's start beginning to end. Is there any kind of herbal support you would recommend before you start the mushroom journey? And that would be tincture, infusion, whatever. Well, I've kind of adopted or adapted my own way of working with the mushroom and working with plants because I deform such close relationships with the plants I'm working with. And I find that going into mushroom ceremony is the perfect opportunity to go deep with the plant. 
And so the way that I work with the plants is depending on what I feel called to in, in what particular season it is. I have this time of year, I, I have my wood stove going all the time and I will put a big pot on top of it. And depending what plants I'm working with, I'll start making decoctions out of that plant. And then I make, I said, different topical remedies that I'll start using. And I will, I'll just use the plant in so as many different ways as I can. And of course, there's the whole foundation with the nourishing herbal infusion. So, I mean, I would say start using those as often as you can for as long of a period as possible before even embarking on these psychedelic journeys, because I do, I am a strong believer in how much foundation and how much health and how much support and allyship that they provide that I can't even imagine a journey without that, that kind of foundation. And it has made it so, I mean, I've now working with some more people in this realm I see the people that don't care for themselves in this way have a much harder time working with the mushroom and it becomes much more of a physical experience for them rather than a visionary. I find that working with these plants and taking care of yourself in a very deep nutritional way, you're able to go beyond the physical experience of the, I mean, I think it's very hard physically no matter what, but these plants definitely provide a foundation where you can do deeper work in the mushroom journey. So, so what might you recommend? Maybe if you're planning on doing a journey, say that afternoon, and what might you suggest someone put as sort of an herbal support in their body, maybe that morning or closer to the journey at hand? So, yeah. So depending on the person, a lot of people have just different issues. So that's where it's, there's no direct, all of these infusions are going to be super supportive. So I, a lot of times people won't make these things for themselves and it is a journey of them coming into ceremony, kind of seeing what they need and then incorporating these things into their lives as they see, oh, wow, I, there's a lot of work to do here. But people that have been working with these yeah depending it just really depends on the person how I'm going to recommend what they need right it's not the body's not standardized (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean it's more more of a preparation of kind of several weeks beforehand of just saying as much bone broth as much fermented foods infusions yogurt full fat plain yogurt really kind of just coating coding the whole system to take in the med- take in the medicine so it has a nice place to land I say because once you get the mushroom in there it does it's so different in the way of ayahuasca where you're almost crazy take everything out of your diet but the mushroom I feel works so much better with a very strong nutritional base you can eat really well and take care of yourself really well before a, a mushroom ceremony and I think it's benefits you so much so So for the week beforehand, say drinking nettle and oat straw, alternating, because five infusions is a lot for people to start with. Having a couple that are very foundational 
as a nettle in the oat straw can be really, really easy for people to get from either the health food store or, or in bulk from the health food store, or they can order it online and get it into their life really easily. And they're easy to drink. They taste, they taste pretty good. So really it depends on the person and where they're at with all of it. If they've already been using infusions, you can take it a little bit deeper, but you know, Okay, well, speaking of, of that, we, we're at the end of the first half here, and let's take it even deeper in the second hour. I'm going to have you speak more on this subject, but also I, I want you to talk about what is it to ally with a plant? What, what, what does that look like? How would one begin to go about that? And also get into some ritual when one wants to do a mushroom journey of creating a more ritual space and incorporating the plants. I know you have a lot to say about that as well. So I will invite the listeners, those who are not subscribed to come over to the mushroomsapprentice.com and subscribe and, and just savor everything that this very wise woman has to teach us. Thank you. Thank you.